All right, all right, all right, all right. So we have this really, really cool article here. It's from LanceMoney.com. Is it Lance Money or is it The Balance? The bal- TheBalanceMoney.com. Is it The Balance or just BalanceMoney.com? I don't know anymore. TheBalanceMoney.com. And they have these 12 secrets you need to know to get rich. Or at least these are these 12 different ideas to build wealth. And these come straight from the millionaire next door. All right. Now, I've already gone through this and read many of these. And I, I really appreciate I appreciate how simple that they make it. And nothing, there's nothing new under the sun. It all exists already. And if it doesn't exist, well, it does. It just has to be remixed. So with that being said, let's go into this. So the first secret to becoming wealthy is to set goals. I know. I know. You've heard it so many times before. Set your smart goals, strategic, measurable, attainable, timely, blah, 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 blah. But you want to not only set them, but achieve them. Okay? Don't just expect to make more money. Plan to make more money. Plan and have a clear vision of what you want. I don't know if y'all's heard of that before. With vision comes provision. If you can hold it in your head, you can hold it in your hand. And so, one of the first things to do is, hey, set your goals and achieve them. Maybe you have to make your goals a little small at first. Something that is not too far to reach. I remember when I first launched my very first online program, my goal was just to make a dollar online. I just want to make one dollar online. Little did I know that I'd do a thousand dollars in a week and then for the next two years make a pretty nice uh, side income from doing absolutely nothing. So you want to set and achieve goals no matter how small they may be. The next thing you want to do is to actively save and invest. Okay? You want to actively put money aside into an investment account, whether that's infinite banking, whether that's putting money into your TFSA. If you're, well, this is for my Canadian folks. I think in the, um, what is it called in the States? Not a 401k. Is it the Roth Roth account? Something. Whatever. I'm here talking about Canadian people. The American people have enough people trying to help y'all. But whether it's putting it into an infinite banking policy or it's putting it into your TFSA or it's putting it into an employer-matched account, whatever, actively put money away. Right? And, hey, guys, if you don't know this, your TFSA is not meant just to save money. Do not waste your time by going to a TFSA that's at the bank, okay? Your TFSA is a tax-free savings account, which is not a savings account. It's an investing account. So if you're going to utilize it, you're probably better off getting some dividend-paying stocks with your TFSA because then all the growth, all of the growth on that money is tax-free, okay? I'm waiting for the day that they allow us to put crypto inside of our TFSAs, but you can actually get stock that mimic crypto which is not the same as owning crypto but it mimics it so you can make all those gains tax-free okay number uh number three this one i i'm a little bit uh 
I'm a little bit biased. They say to maintain stable employment. Oof. You know, for the for most people, for most people, maintaining stable employment will probably help them get to a more wealthy space. But something tells me that if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a little bit of a rebel, a little bit of a creative mind, someone that knows that their millions will not necessarily be made from working at a job, but by creating value and working for yourself. I mean, you you could maintain stable employment and build your other side hustles still, okay? But what I would say is maintaining stable income, okay? All right, the next, the next one they have here is that we surround ourselves with experts, okay? Wealthy people don't do their own taxes. They aren't do-it-yourself investors. They know what their strengths are. And they know what their weaknesses are. Okay? You got to leave the things that are out of your scope to the experts. Whether that's if you need a financial planner and a financial advisor, don't be ashamed to go and ask for help. Okay? There's actually a really, really amazing book called Who Not How that goes over finding the right who's in your life instead of asking yourself how can i get this done how can i get that done ask yourself who can help me do this so you can get back more time in your life okay let's go to the next tip out of our 12 tips protect your credit score credit honestly i wish someone had told me more of this when i was younger I would have done a lot more to protect my credit score and maintain a high credit score because rebuilding it back up from being in a terrible place is one of the worst, most annoying things to do. If you maintain your credit score, you can get um, you can get money at lower interest rates. This could be your mortgage or car loans or whatever. And if you can get money at lower interest rates, even if it is just like uh, just, just a loan in general, you could put that money to work somewhere where it's it's making more money than what you owe. So essentially, you're making money on someone else's money. Okay, so keeping keeping a, a good impeccable credit score will give you more opportunities when it comes to investing in other things. The next tip we have here is to value having multiple sources of income. This is something that I've been developing for as long as I can remember. I remember even when I was a teenager, I had my babysitting job over there, my dog walking job over there, my t-shirt company over here, my window cleaning company over there. Like, I was a hustler as a teenager, and I always had money rolling in from multiple sources. In fact, I was even, I would, I would buy, you know those chocolates that they made us sell at school? The school that I went to, we had world's finest chocolates, which were those chocolate-covered almonds, which sadly schools don't do anymore because of, uh, what, nut allergies? Soft. So what I, w- what I would do is I found those world's finest uh, chocolates. I know that old people love those. They have nostalgia tied to them, and the schools don't sell them anymore. So I would buy a bunch of them. 
I give a box. Uh, you get a, a box of 30 for $30. It's a dollar per box. It's crazy. Or a dollar per box of chocolates. You sell it for 3 to $4. So I, I get a box. I get multiple boxes. I gave one to my grandma. Grandma, can you take this to your work? <laughs> I gave one to my dad. Hey, dad, can you take this to work? I give one to my stepmom. Hey, mom, can you take this to work? I'm making... What is that? Uh, so it cost me $30 to get a box, and I'm making back 90 to $120. So every time I'm, I'm, making, I'm just making money, and that's without me doing anything as a teenager. You know, the boxes would go quick. And I would just do that over and over again. So I had multiple sources of income is great, you know. Um, beyond just having security for when if you do end up losing that stable income that job you know or if you want to go and travel and you want to say hey i'm on the beach but my bank account's still going up um having multiple sources of income will give you uh will hedge you against the downside and the downturns that happen in everyone's lives you know now, this next one's pretty interesting. I'm actually going to read it. It says, they believe in keeping busy. Although this is more so talking about people that are retired. A second job that fuels your passion and keeps you engaged mentally while also bringing extra money is the ideal scenario. Think of how much money some of us spend simply out of boredom. Your side gig doesn't need to be a grind. Do something you would enjoy even if there was no paycheck attached to it. That's that's something that's like that that's a big move and a very wise piece of advice. You know, I don't like to talk about retirement too much because I believe that when we retire, we're closer to death. They actually say that most people once they retire die within five years of retirement. And I mention that because the first line that I decided to skip over is talking about retirement and I just I see retirement as not having to work anymore but working because we choose to because work gives us purpose and the more purpose we have the longer we live yeah so definitely definitely find ways to keep busy but finding these side hustles that you enjoy is gonna make a massive impact on your life okay let's go to our next our next of the 12 we're almost done guys we're 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 almost done. Okay, be cautious about your spending. Wealthy people are careful not to become a target for scammers. They know that as you become wealthy, everyone from internet hustlers to home improvement con artists are likely to target you. You know, you got to be cautious about how you spend your money. You have to be aware of where your money is and what it's doing i just saw recently usain bolt lost a bunch of money because he had it with an investment firm that was a shady investment firm if you don't know what's happening to your money or where your money's going or who has their hands in your pocket and why it's there well you you might you might have your money running away faster than you, Usain Bolt. That's crazy. 
All right, they're not wasteful. Wealthy people believe that if you aren't using it, you should stop paying for it. How many of y'all right now listening to this have that gym membership that you're paying an arm and a leg a month and you're not using it at all? How many people right now, how many of you listening to this right now have, I don't know, Netflix, Hulu, Disney, Amazon Prime, this, that, and the other that you that, that you don't use because there's no shows that you like at this moment in time? How many of y'all have subscriptions that you don't use anymore? You signed up for that one newsletter seven years ago. It was only $3. You forgot to get, you forgot to cancel your subscription. It's such a little bit. But over time, this is compounding, man. That's money that could be invested. So they're not wasteful. They don't, they don't have excess and things that they don't need. Drilling a hole in their pocket. Okay. Now, a way that you can avoid being wasteful is to follow a monthly budget, okay? You ideally should be reviewing your finances every, if, okay, ideally every month. But who, who's, who really does that? Not, not many people are willing to actually do that. So once every two months, once every three months, do a review. If you can afford it, hire someone to look over your finances for you. And to do a review and give you a report and say, hey, you're on track to your goals. Hey, you're, you're veering off the track to getting to your goals. You're starting to be wasteful with your money. If you need help, get the help, you know. There's no shame in getting help. The next step is to recognize that money does not buy happiness. Money does not buy happiness, but money does buy experiences that can make you happy. Or let me change that because I don't, nothing can make you happy. Over here on the MITM podcast, we like to maintain an internal locus of control. We like to be in charge of our own emotions because emotions are just energy in motion. And we choose the flow and the speed and the direction of where our energy goes. We choose where we focus. We choose where to put our eyes. And wherever we focus on and whatever we focus on, we're the masters of that. So when you recognize that money doesn't buy happiness, the happiness comes from within you. And that every moment of every day, you have the opportunity to choose to be happy to develop by yourself so that you can experience happiness and joy the money becomes relatively irrelevant as far as your happiness is concerned now if i am feeling sad i'd much rather be sad inside of a nice warm heated apartment with my flip-flops and some cozy outfit on my nice couch with my puppy and and drinking whatever drink i want and enjoy myself than being on the street and sad and cold out there i like my creature comforts so although it doesn't buy happiness hey man it's it's much nicer to uh cry in a 
in a in a nice beautiful living room than it does crying on the street. Tell you that much. All right, let's hop to the next one. Pay yourself first. Rich, fo- the secret to being rich. You know what? This should have been one of the first ones. Because I don't even know who, I don't know if you're listening all the way till now. But this should have been one of the very first ones. Pay yourself first. Teaching this to my finance clients is one of the most difficult things that I, that I, that I go through. Okay, you, you tell people, hey, here's the infinite banking thing. They're like, oh, I'm so excited. You tell people, hey, here's, um, here's an investment. Oh, hey, here's some crypto. Oh, hey, you, you tell people about get-rich-quick schemes and they light up. Or you tell people about buying, there's some sale at some store or some, that they like and they light up. But you try to teach someone to pay themselves first. And it's it's like if it's like if you're a demon. It's so funny. Hey, you ever thought of paying yourself first? What does it even mean to pay yourself first? Paying yourself first just means, hey, I got paid. I'm going to take 1%, 5%, 10%. I say 10%, but 10%. And you put it into a saving or investment account. You pay yourself first so that your money can make more money. Okay, we call that the money at work system. Your money should be making more money than you do. Your money should be working harder than you do. Okay? You, your, your money needs to put on a little dollar, a little, a little hard hat and get its ass to work. That's the money at work system. And the only way that your money can be at work is if you let it, instead of you paying everyone else and giving all your money away to everyone else, you gave more money to Netflix than you did your own savings account. That's crazy. You're so much, you're so much quicker to pay the bank or whatever the bank wants before you go and take a little $20 and put aside for yourself. You're so quick to run and jump into a crypto investment as something that you know nothing about because everyone's talking about crypto right now and oh my god it's going up so much so quick to throw all your money into crypto before you take a little bit out and put it into something buy a bit of gold that's been proven for years and i'm not against crypto by the way i i have i own crypto atms i think crypto is a really cool thing but you, you got to be able to diversify yourself and make sound decisions. So pay yourself first. Okay. You need to understand the value of setting money aside for yourself first. All right. This is one of the core disciplines. The core, if not the secret. If you, if you ignored every other secret I've talked about and you just paid yourself first, you're blessed. Because at least then you, your money's working harder than you do. And that compounding, that eighth wonder of the world, ooh, that compounding, change your life. Anyhow, we have two more things and then we're done. So patience is a virtue. And this is one of my favorite sayings. I really love this saying. Wealthy folks get to where they are through patience. 
they have an underlying belief that financial security comes gradually and accumulates through diligent saving, investing, budgeting over multiple decades. Now, one thing that I want to change, because we're the MITM club over here, it doesn't have to happen over multiple decades. Things happen within the time frame that you give it. Things happen within the time frame that you give it. And tomorrow is promised to no one. So as important as it is, as it is to have patience, as important as it is to work through the decades and be able to look into the future and say, that's where my aim is and that's where things are going to happen. And I'm going to be steadfast. And today, maybe I slipped and stumbled, but I can get back up and I have some time. As much as all of that is true, we also want to set time frames that best serve us. We want to set time frames that make us uncomfortable. We want to cut that time in half. They say four decades, say two, or two decades, yeah. They say two decades, say one. You say one. 10 years, say five. Cut it in half. Make it happen in half the time. I wish that somebody had told me about this because I said, hey, I'm going to be a millionaire by 30. I should have said, I'm going to be a millionaire by 25. Cut my 10-year time frame in half. Maybe I'd be there already. Who knows? But it's kind of interesting that the closer I get to 30, the closer I'm getting to my million. And the bottom line is that the wealth mentality is not as mysterious as many people think. It takes small tweaks, it takes goal setting, it takes financial planning. And all of this together can get you closer to being rich. So these are 12 secrets and 12 tips to getting rich and i hope that y'all enjoyed today's podcast in our next podcast we're going to be talking about <laughs> uh, the things that if you do them you're guaranteed to go broke <laughs> uh, the contrast i love it so if you want to hear, um, if you want to hear that podcast, if you want to hear about, you know, the things to avoid and how to make sure you don't go broke in our next episode, definitely hit that follow button. Um, make sure that you are subscribed to our email list to get the first updates. And I think that's pretty much it. So shout out to the club. Um, real quick, just wanted to say, the MITM club, the first at the finish line. And that is all. Peace.